Before we start today, I've got a quick listener note. You may notice that we currently, as of about 10 seconds time, will have three series rolling all at the same time. This episode is number 11 for us in total. However, we'll be the first in what we are doing as an educational series that we're providing to you. So on that note, let's get straight into it. Welcome to episode one in series three on the journey to conscious healthcare, where we explore what it takes to consciously create longevity, happiness, and fulfillment in your life and that of others. The journey to conscious healthcare looks at the healthcare industry, disability sector, and how to best navigate these areas to get the best for you and your life. This series is called NDIS, so NDIS 101, the blueprint you've been looking for about how and what to do to navigate the NDIS. In this series, we do an end-to-end of the NDIS. That's right. We walk you through the foundations of how it all works and proceed to step through from access, starting your plan, getting connected to services, getting your much-needed reports to ensure that you get the funding that you need, and ultimately having you achieve your goals. I'm your host, Trevor Keane, and I'm also the founder and CEO of Conscious Healthcare SA, an expert company that is known for high-quality healthcare services and transforming the healthcare industry in the disability space. Today's show is sponsored by Conscious Healthcare SA. At Conscious Healthcare SA, we provide high-quality NDIS healthcare services in the comfort of your own home. If you're interested in getting an easy and reliable way to navigate the NDIS and access healthcare services, please get in touch. Now, what you might notice is on the screen, I've got a bit of a sharing that we're doing today. So as we start this episode, as I said, it's going to be educational. So I'm going to roll you through it and keep you somewhat entertained as we go throughout. So to start with, what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at what is going to be a pretty big and ugly sort of chart for you to initially look at, and you'll be able to get this also in the show notes. Now, I'm going to specifically focus in on a couple areas and walk you through how we're then going to get onto the NDIS and then how things work from a big picture. And then as the series evolves, what you'll notice is that we sort of press in on certain areas so that you can learn more. And if you've got any questions, what you can do is ask those through. We've got the email that will come through on the show notes as well. So flick those through, please, because I'd love to make sure we can continue to keep educating more and more people so that they can navigate this ever-changing system, as we're all aware. So to start with, I'm just going to use my cursor to move you through this actual document. So obviously, it's one that we've made here at Conscious Healthcare SA. But what we want to do is we want to start and have a look at, so what is the NDIS? So if you follow my cursor at the top there, the NDIS has partners in the community. So there's arrows that come off of this sheet and that all sort of makes sense as we go. So what we've got is we've got the NDIS. Now what you want to have a look at is say Mission Australia, Bat Care and Ferris Care, for example, are people that are in the community. They say that they're your partners in the community. You might have heard that before. And what they do is they represent the NDIS. You've also got offices around uh, which have people in there from the NDIS as well. So NDIA people representing the NDIS. And we're just going to roll through as well. So underneath this umbrella of NDIS, we have people that are support coordinators. You probably know quite a few of these because we've got many of those listening. 
You've also got plan managers. So that's why you can see this graphic on a bank that's here. And you've also got services. So that's quite a big array. So that can be in regards to accommodation services. It can be in regards to allied health services, support workers. There's a whole range of services that come under here. So what I'm going to do is walk you through in two documents, a bit of a brief overview as to how this all works. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with entry because it sort of makes a pretty natural progression. Uh, but what we're not going to do is delve right into the details. There's going to be specific episodes where we'll be able to do that. And that'll be able to help you depending on where you are in your journey. And you can then obviously share this with others because I'm sure I know plenty of people that are struggling to navigate the system. So you probably do as well. So as we jump in here, we've got entry. So as you enter to try and get onto the, the NDIS, you'll speak to, generally speaking, someone that's a partner in the community. So let's use here Mission Australia as an example. That's someone that you might get in touch with. So let's just say you get in touch with your local area coordinator there. And then what they do is they give you what's called an access form. And so let's say if you meet access, then what you do is you go from being, say, a person to being a participant because you'd know that participants are what they're called on the NDIS. If I was in a different setting, so in a hospital, you might well be referred to as a patient. But in this setting here, it's participants on the NDIS. So how does that all work? So let's follow it through. We entered, got in touch with Mission Australia, for example, or whoever it is, could be one of the three there. And then we meet access and then become a participant. From there, we get this NDIS plan. Now, what do we do with this damn plan? I have no idea what to do with the new plan, right? So when you get a plan, what that allows you to do is to get access to services. So as we walk through here, it'll sort of make sense that, hey, now we've got in touch with a few more people here. And what we need to do to try and achieve our goals is really make use of that in the different buckets and areas that we need. So as we continue to roll through here, what you'll notice is we've got services. So we've got an NDIS plan, and this plan then breaks down into three main buckets. This is pretty simple overview, and once again, this is exactly as the NDIS also explains it, although I don't particularly personally love that resources, and I think the accessibility of it can make it a little bit challenging. I'm hoping that I might be able to do it either a better job or sort of collaborate and uh, be able to continue to educate more people in this sense. So what we've got is we've got core supports, which we've got here for a daily living. So if you think of a support worker, they are paid for out of core supports. You've also got transport funding and a few other different things that comes out of that sort of bucket there. So think about tasks that are for your daily living. You've got capital support. So if you think about that being equipment, so if you need beds or if you need in regards to having uh, rails or anything in, as far as home modifications, there's another one which you can see that's mentioned here as well, that would come under that item. And then you've got the green one down the bottom, which is capacity building supports, which are for exactly that, increasing your capacity. So therapists, that job is to make that job over time become less because what will happen is you will increase. So you then become less dependent upon a therapist. And that's what that whole job is. And if they're not doing that, it could be a couple of things. One, there are some disabilities which don't allow that to occur. So if you're having, as an example, Parkinson's, for example, or if you've got MS, depending on the types of disabilities that you do have, they might not actually be too conducive to you be able to continue to keep improving, although there's quite a good chance, depending on your disability, that you can. So let's continue to roll through here. So we've got our buckets, which were neatly over here. So they're down here now. And as we roll through, we're going to go through the, the process again. So this is quite interesting, I believe, as we go through. So we've got one of our community partners here. So Mission Australia, Bat Care of Ferris Care. And they would have got you in touch 
And then now what they would have done is there's usually like a person called a community liaison officer at one of these organizations. Now, they may have a different name, but that's sort of the thing that it's called. And from there, what we then do is we literally go through and they'll either give you a support coordinator. Now, great news if you get one. It's not the end of the world if you don't, but typically speaking, it's a complex beast in the NDIS. It's great if you can then have the knowledge and wisdom and help just to get yourself on the way, getting a bit of momentum. So if you've got a support coordinator, which I've depicted here, they can then help link you up to services. Alternatively, what happens is if there is no support coordinator, typically they give you a list of names. I think this is pretty useless, to be honest, and I'm pretty annoyed that the NDIS doesn't actually allow us to play a greater role in respect to this. They give you a list of names, so someone who already probably might have social anxiety or something like that, who doesn't want to call people. I know the general population doesn't want to do that, let alone someone that's got a disability or a, a family member, and they've got enough on their plate already. So they give you a name, a list of names. You might have 10, 20 on there. And then what will happen is effectively they'll then allow you to call those people and then try and link up the services. Albeit people may not have actual times that they can give you, so they might not have capacity. So you might just be calling around wasting your time and putting quite a lot of energy into this. But as we roll through, let's just say here, we've got a support coordinator in this instance. So if we've got a support coordinator, what happens is they will then talk to the participant from there having this conversation, then what they typically do is try and go out and find these services. So what we're going to use here is probably an example with therapies because it's a natural one for me, given that this is my background and what I know best, although I've got pretty good knowledge now over quite a few areas from having studied it pretty damn intensely. So we've got over here, most commonly you've got a local area coordinator, provides a list and then what happens is they connect with a support coordinator and then they can arrange all the other services. Having said that, if you're pretty autonomous and if a support coordinator is doing that job as well, they should be trying to increase your independence if you're a participant. And if you are a support coordinator, well, you probably know this naturally, that support coordinator's jobs are actually to increase capacity and then be able to have people navigate the system better. So what we've got as we go through here, support coordinator has now got a participant that they're working with. The participant said, no worries, it's fine, please find some services. And so they go out and then they try and find in this big bad world about, you know, all these different services. So they might get in touch with a few different organizations. So say if it's for therapy, they might well get in touch with Novita, for example, or they might get in touch with I Can Jump Puddles or there's heaps of different organizations out there. Conscious Healthcare is one as well that you might get in touch with and then just find out what's the wait times and what services do you offer. So in this instance here, we've not gone directly We've gone into therapies here, but as we work up, if you want support workers, as an example, you could be talking about assured home care, or there's a, a few other different companies that are out there that obviously do that as well. And then you've got plan managers. So I've, I can provide a list of, of people that I think are pretty credible in this space as well. I've worked with quite a lot, and I'm very much about making sure if we've got good people, let's get good people in touch with more good people, right? So through the therapy example here, we've got the services. And the services they're looking for are therapies. Now, I've used this example because I made it up uh, in our business, but the, the services in therapies could be occupational therapy, physiotherapy, dietitian, social work, speech pathology, psychology, could be art therapy or lots of other different stuff as well. So in this diagram I've done here, I've obviously had our services at Conscious Healthcare SA, but fundamentally there's other providers out there. And if you've got a great provider that you're with, 
fantastic. Otherwise, don't feel trapped. Uh, whether you're with us or anyone else, uh, it's completely your choice as to what you do. And support coordinators will be advocating for that as well. Because it's got to be a participant first approach. And if everyone should be doing that. I know that they're not all doing that, but that's very much, I think, where everyone should be going. Because fundamentally, that's how business rolls around. If you do the right thing by people, people look after you in the long run. So as we motor forward, so I'm going to look at another document now. So we're going to sort of jump up and then jump into a new one. So I'm just going to screen across. And bang, here we're in. Now, there's a little bit of a repeat here, but this is a bit more of the practical application of what you now do to be able to make this happen. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to jump in to this document. So we're going to go from the top left on this instance, and this will make a bit more sense. Once again, this episode is really about the high level. All we're doing is giving you a snapshot, a 101 as to what's happening, and then we'll walk you through in very snappy little episodes about what actually happens moving forward. So NDIS, let's jump in and have a bit of a look, particularly on this left-hand side is where we want to focus, I reckon. So on the left-hand side here, which I'll just make a little bit easy to look at. So on the left-hand side here, we've got the NDIS. And so what they have is they can have advocates. So they, they might have like a planner, for example. And then you've got a local area coordinator. So in the last document, you saw that the LAC or local area coordinator might be Mission Australia or Bapt Care or something like that. And we've got an individual. So we're sort of going to walk through getting the, the plan, but very quickly and then practically applying it. So we've got an individual. They've got a LAC and what happens is they, they put an access request in. And once they do that, what happens is they manage that they can end up getting a plan. So let's say they get a plan because it's accepted and they become a participant now, they either have a LAC, so a local area coordinator, or what they do is they have a support coordinator. So depending on the green ones, the more common way, although the, the statistics are changing a little bit now. So you could have LAC or you might have a support coordinator. Now, an LAC, if there is support coordination, we'll generally speaking link them up, not by direct referral, uh, supposedly anyway, because uh, they're not meant to refer, but typically they'll have a list and, and provide that on. So let's go through here. So then what can happen is you can then get services. But given that you've actually got a plan here yourself, you could directly go and get services yourself. You don't actually have to use a support coordinator and you can then go out and say, hey, Trevor or whoever it is, and then try and get the services that you would like. So what I really want to make clear here as we go down the page is the NDIS plan goals and services need to be aligned. You get a plan and the plan is actually for a purpose. But I want to cover a couple little misconceptions here. I find sometimes you might have occupational therapy or exercise physiology uh, stated in a plan where it actually says, hey, you know, this many hours for occupational therapy. It is completely false that you have to use it for that service. Now, ultimately, I've, I've seen it come in there before that it's like, let's have occupational therapy to help with someone's back. And that's a physiotherapist's job. But not everyone's aware of this. And this is why we're on an educational journey. And we've also got to be appreciative of even the people that are working as whether it be planners or LACs and all that, they don't always have the information filtered down so that they've got the correct information. Now, that's not saying that there's not some amazing people out there because, Dan, there's some really passionate people out there. I mean, I'll give a shout out to Jacinta Dempsey from Mission Australia up here I'm in Wyala at the moment, and she's absolutely fantastic. There's a few others around, uh, which I might mention in the show notes, but absolutely, you've just got to make sure you check your facts. So let's roll through. So we've got services that we can get, and we get these from a plan. So we've got our plan here. We've just dragged it down. And so to unlock 
So you see that the piece of the puzzle, the goals and the plan. So the plan gives you the money and the goals give you the direction. And so if you use the money to get you in that direction, which should hopefully make sense there. And then what you'll find is there's these things called service agreements. Now, what the hell are these things like these weird old service agreements, right? The service agreements fundamentally unlock funding for you from your plan and then allow it to be quarantined so uh, for the provider. So what does that mean? Well, fundamentally, let's say you've got $10,000 in your plan and then you do a service agreement and let's say it's for $5,000. Then what would happen is that $5,000 is put aside because some plan managers will, will do that, some won't. Uh, but it just means that, right, here you go, you're sort of budgeting. Now, I know people get scared when you talk about budgeting and all that, but fundamentally, we need to make sure that your funding goes the journey of your plan and also achieves you being able to get your goals. So a service agreement is a really good tool to be able to know what's happening with your money. So, you know, you spend 5000 on this service and 5000 on that service, and is it going to be fit for purpose? If so, great. If you've spent too much, it's also good to know because then you can make plans and then make changes. So a service agreement, as you'll notice here, kind of really gets you in the door. Like people are going to require you to get a service agreement. So service agreement provides access. Here we go. We've got providing access to service, i.e. support, work, and therapy. So we get a service agreement with one of these services. Now, there's many services around. And in the picture that I've got, so those listening, you won't be able to see it. But fundamentally, I've got an example of a support worker pushing someone along in a chair got an allied health team that you've got there. So you've got your physios and your OTs and your dietitians and social workers, developmental educators in there. And then we've also got an example of a support coordinator uh, with a little flag up there because hopefully they're, they're doing that job being a bit of a guide, moving people along. Now, I'm only going to go through one part of the plan here because I'm going to move forward. So we're going to roll up the page for those uh, listening. You won't see too much here, but we'll walk you through it. So we've got those three buckets, as I mentioned before. So what we've got is NDIS plan and three buckets. Now, I'm not going to go through those again because you can go back and listen to that. But fundamentally, the main category, well, when I was making this document, it was very much for allied health, is in regards to capacity building. So if I zoom in on this document here, you'll notice that there's quite a lot of different ones. So we've got core supports, capital, and capacity building supports. Now, fundamentally, it depends on the service you want to link up with. And as I said, we cover that later on. So we're not delving into that huge now. But what I will do is just use one example of using therapy so that you can get clear on what this looks like. So if we think of a big umbrella being that it's capacity building supports, then what we have under there is a few things. So you notice we mentioned support coordinator before. So if you look here, there's a line that says support coordination. And then there's also other things that are in there in regards to improved life choices which might well be in regards to your plan management funding or improved daily living so i'm going to use the example for therapies but there's also different ones that are in there for using other different things such as getting positive behavior support or whatever else it might be there's heaps of different things that are in here so what we're doing is we've got these big lists here and then i'll just push that down here to make it a little bit easier to see and this is called capacity building supports so we've got two lines that are pretty interesting here for allied health, and they are improved daily living, and then you've also got improved health and well-being. So I'll just give you a quick little example here. So a bigger umbrella, and under the umbrella, we have improved daily living, and then we also have improved health and well-being. So that's sort of how you can unlock your funding to then use therapies, and fundamentally therapies help open the door for a lot of other services. 
Obviously, you can have support workers and other different services around, and we'll cover that shortly as well, uh, just not in this episode. Right, so how does it all work? Well, here is a very, very simple, simple version of it, but I think it's really important if you get your head around. So let's go from the top. So you've got an NDIS plan, which goes for a period of time. Now, this might be for six months, could be two years, three years. It really depends on how stable your situation is, and you really need to check that you've always got enough funding for the period that you've got because you probably hear a lot of people complain about that they don't. So what happens is it goes for a period of time, and then what's really pivotal Now, any of these good allied health organizations specifically will do this naturally, and we certainly do it here at Conscious Healthcare SA, but is they have reports written. But what we do, which is one better, is we actually schedule, making sure that, like, say, if we've got a plan that goes from January to December, we actually plan it out six, eight weeks in advance that we get a notification for the practitioner to start writing that report, and we build it into our agreements because we know without a good report, you're not going to be able to get the funding that you need. So it's really, really important that you can actually follow through and get a good report written to then justify you getting the funding that you need. Fundamentally from there, we've got a little picture here, which is a bit interesting, which is you having your plan review. Now, this is its whole own topic, to be fair. There's a huge amount of stuff that can go into here. But fundamentally, you'll have a plan review and then what you'll notice is from there, you'll roll around and then you end up getting an NDIS plan again. So you have a plan, goes for a period of time, have a report, and then fundamentally have a plan review again. It sort of goes around in a bit of a cycle. So that's a bit of a 101 for what we've got there today. I'm going to leave it there. I'm just going to roll back a couple of screens as I do a bit of a finish here. So that brings today's episode to an end. I hope you certainly have found that to be educational and have learned something from it. In future episodes in this series, what we'll be covering is accessing the NDIS, what to do to start your plan, how to connect to services, and most importantly, who to connect with. I'm not going to tell you exactly, but like fundamentally, the types of people and what they'd be doing. What NDIS reports should look like to ensure that you keep getting the much-needed funding that you need, and also how to go about achieving your goals. I haven't said this on here, but I think it's pretty important that we also cover plan reviews and how to navigate that as well, because that's such a pivotal part of your journey as well. So as always, if you've got any feedback from me, please do get in touch via the email. You'll find the email that will be in the show notes. It'll also be in the link when you click through to listen on Spotify or whatever your medium is. It might be on YouTube, for example. Thank you so much for listening. I certainly really appreciate you listening in and sharing the learnings with other people. It's really fantastic. I hope you have learned something. And if you think that this would be of any value to any of your friends or colleagues, please feel free to share it. If it's all how we learn together, if we learn together, we can grow together and the community and the NDIS continue to get better and better. On that note, we'll see you next week. Have a lovely day.